Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. So, how will you be in time, to me is always the question. What are you doing with your life? It doesn't actually matter what we say we want to do. What matters is what we're doing. At least in my experience. I was having a conversation the other day about love with a friend of mine. And I was saying that I think that love is action. Whether it's a friendship, Sangha member, it's like what you do, how you show up. So to me, this New Year's is a wonderful way to recalibrate, like, what have I been doing the last year? What qualities have I been cultivating through action? And where could I use a little work? Or is that beautiful expression of Shinru Suzuki where he says, you're perfect to complete, lacking nothing. And you could use a little work. So I wanted to offer three teachings of Taizan Maizumi Roshi, who is the founder of our lineage here in the United States. He was a person who came from Japan to bring the teachings here where he felt like there was good potential. Um, So I'm always so grateful to him for totally uprooting his life. so that we could all gather here tonight. Even gathering in New Jersey. Right, Chojin? (laughs) It's amazing. And the three teachings are, don't deceive yourself. Don't make excuses for yourself. And take responsibility for yourself. I always feel like these are very like, hmm. Get me clear. He says about don't deceive yourself to, that in the precepts we talk about not lying 
But very often we think about, well, that's lying to others. But very often we are lying to ourselves about who we think we are. I find self-limiting ideas and stories are the greatest deception. These ideas about who you are and what you can allow and what you can't allow, what I can allow and what I can't allow. In the greatest, he says, self-deceit is the deceit of the self. The greatest self-deceit is the deceit of the self. So powerful. In particular, he says, for your ego-reinforcing views. So how you keep feeding these stories of yourself that keep you in a little box. And the second teaching is that don't make excuses for yourself. The same friend that I was talking to about love, you know, we were saying, well, what, what can you expect if you really engage in this practice? And for me, it was that it's going to be really hard. And you're going to bump up against things that will be very difficult to experience. If that's not happening, then I don't know what kind of practice that is. And very often, people bump up against that and then run away. Oh, this is not for me. So these excuses that we make. Oh, it's too hard. It's uncomfortable. But to me, what would it be like to realize that real change is uncomfortable and hard? It's, if it's valuable, we have to cook. But very often, we make these as Mizumi Roshi says, that wrong-headed views. We keep ourselves separate, small. We make excuses like, I can't do that. This practice was never designed to be done alone. So how do you make excuses for yourself and take yourself out of relationship. To me, it's such a powerful question. And the third is take responsibility for yourself. Giddy up.
He says, to take complete responsibility for yourself is to no longer deceive yourself, no longer make excuses for yourself, and thereby we serve the world by waking up. To me, it's like when we really, it's like in our zazen itself, when we really ground ourselves in our sit bones, in our hara, in our widening out of compassion, then we serve the world. But when we're ruminating and stuck in some cycle, it's so hard. And that's, to me, why we need teachers and good spiritual friends. So what I would encourage you to do is to reflect on perhaps how, you're, how you've deceived yourself this past year, how you've made excuses, and how can you take responsibility. You know, we live in this very strange time this pandemic time. There was also pandemics at the time of the Buddha. And how do we reflect on these kinds of deception and excuses and things like that? And how can we be responsible for not just our physical health, which is so important, but also our psychological and spiritual health. And how do we take heed of what that could be in you so that we can serve the world in a more clear way, in a more joyful way, actually? Shut up. As we all know, we've been living in this really strange, strange period of time. It's not on. How about now? How about now? Is it this one? Yep. Do I say How about now? Yes, wonderful. <laughs> As we all know, or now we know, or about to know, is that we're living in very strange times. You know, the last couple of years have been um, perfect opportunities. They've given us a perfect opportunity, as Koshin said, to first self-deceit, to deceive the self, to uh, separate from other. We're no longer able to be in the, in the, uh, in the center that we were before pre-COVID. You know, at one time we would have, at this time of the year for this evening, there would be 60, 70 people here. Now we are just a, a dozen or so. Uh, so much has changed. It's incredible how many people we have on Zoom right now. 
And so to see so many faces that sit with us at lunchtime every day, uh, committed to their practice, however their practice is in their life right now. We can't be together in person, but we can be together on, on the screen. And over the last two years, what started is this kind of seed in our Zoom, we call it now the Zoom dough, has, become, has, has blossomed into this beautiful, beautiful lotus, the Zoom lotus. It's amazing. And at the same time, there is this other side of that coin, the shadow side of that coin is that, yeah, you know what, I don't need to sit today. No one's going to miss me. You know, if I'm not, if I'm not going to, the, I haven't been in the center for the last two years. So actually, no one's going to miss me on Zoom. It's not true. People do miss seeing you. People do miss seeing your face, but who cares about that? It's, what are you doing for yourself? What story are you telling yourself? As Koshin said, what story are you telling yourself that, yeah, I don't need to do that. Kodosawaki talks about how zazen is all there is. That's the most important thing, to sit zazen. You know, no matter what's going on. I don't feel like it today, the, this, that, and the other. To sit, to sit wholeheartedly. When we sit together, we're sitting for the entire universe. So if there are 15 people on Zoom at lunchtime, or there are 150 people on Zoom at lunchtime, none is, not one is better than the other. The intention, we'll be speaking about intention later this evening. This is why we're here this evening, this New Year's Eve, is to set intention. We like to use that as opposed to uh, making our vows. So easy to break a vow. And then we feel badly about ourselves. Whereas if we set an intention, we're more likely to revisit it. You know what? I said I would do that this year. Let me go, let me really look at that again. What am I moving away from? This past year, this kind of um, COVID fatigue for myself, let's call it. Um, I've had many opportunities to not engage uh, here at the center, um, in my apartment, uh, for certain physical reasons. It's like, you know what? I'm feeling this right now. I don't want to sit, or I don't want to show up for this, or I don't want to show up for that. It's important to others how I behave, how I show up is important to others, right? Exactly. And sometimes... Exactly. Exactly, he said. <laughs> exactly. To almost, <laughs> to almost all others. Um, and sometimes it is unavoidable. Sometimes I have let my students down, not being able to show up for them. And I feel that. I feel that when I... Uh, uh, my calendar gets a little squiffy when I, uh, I tend to be forgetful sometimes. And it stays with me. I mean, I feel that. I feel the responsibility of having to show up for you, for each of you. And so I do my very best. I don't just say, oh, well, forget it. And that's so easy to do with our sitting practice. Oh, I didn't sit yesterday. It's fine. No, actually, it's not. I didn't sit yesterday. Maybe I'll sit an extra 10 minutes today. 
maybe I'll ground myself in my practice a little more today. And it's not to beat myself up about yesterday, but it's just like, I, this is the practice I am committed to. I'm committed to sitting, realizing, sitting for realization of who I am in the world. I was reading something recently uh, I'm not going to, actually, I'm not going to go there because I don't want to be judgy. I don't want to be a judgy judge of it. But it had to do with what people are actually doing when they're at home on Zoom as opposed to working, being paid for a full-time job. I'm going there, right? <laughs> being paid for a full-time job and maybe doing half the work. What is that? This is that deceit of self, self-deceit that we're talking about here. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy to just get up and walk around and make a cup of coffee. I do the same thing. But my intention, when I set my intention every morning to do a full day's work, that's what I want to do. Right? It's not about, COVID is not about slipping away into some other reality, some other universe. COVID, this, this has given us an opportunity to really look at who we are. It's given us an opportunity to, to notice even more. It's like almost 10 times magnified. Oh, wow, look at my behavior here. If I'm left to my own devices, what do I actually do? Now, this is a wonderful opportunity to, be, to get curious. It's not about beating myself up. It's about curiosity. Wow, look at how I behave in certain ways. When, I'm confronted with certain situations. Look at what I do here. Can I sit with this? Can I sit and notice, investigate? And this is a, the other piece, the other side of this COVID, for COVID is we have this incredible opportunity to sit. Because we're not in the office, we can sit, say, 10 minutes every hour, right? We can take a break when we get up to stretch. You know, we don't want, to be Zoom fatigue, computer fatigue. So when we get up to take a stretch, how about sitting for five minutes? How about really being in your practice? This for me is what's so important. And this is, this, this is one of the gifts, if you like, if it's possible, of COVID. It's given me an opportunity to be more curious about my behavior. It's given me an opportunity to, to sit more, whether it's five minutes here, five minutes there. And suddenly it's been two hours during the course of the day. It's beautiful. We were, I had a surgery earlier this week, which should have happened two weeks ago. Uh, so I've had two PCR tests in two weeks and God knows how many rapid tests before the surgery. But we were at a hospital uh, up in the north of Manhattan, which is um, generally a hospital that serves the uh, the underprivileged, shall we say, in, in, in New York City. And it wasn't the hospital I was scheduled to be at. I was scheduled to be more in Man central Manhattan. And I, so I was a little kind of mm, not quite so uh, comfortable, shall we say, thinking, making up stories about what this hospital would be, what it was going to be like. Um, and I have to tell you, it's the most incredible experience from the moment that we walked into the, into the reception, the bodyguards, you know, the security guards there, we 
just welcoming and how are you and what's your name and sign in here and blah, 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 into the uh, check-in at the hospital. Then the, uh, the nurse in the, uh, the ambulatory nurse was the most, the most connected eye-to-eye um, conversation, relationship, relationship. And I asked her at one point, I said, how is it to serve as a nurse here where the rates of COVID are so high, it must be exhausting. And she said, it is, and what choice do I have? I mean, it almost brought tears to my eyes. It is. I am working in a population of my own population, the people who are coming in with COVID or will not get vaccinated. She said, but what choice do I have other than to be here? And she sat with me for an hour and a half prior to the surgery, and two hours after the surgery. Just, it was... Lynette. Lynette. I wish Lynette were listening this evening. Just, I can dedicate this talk to Lynette. Lynette Atterbury uh, from the Allen Hospital in the Bronx. Just the most amazing bodhisattva. Hmm. What choice do I have? What choice do you have? You know, her zazen, her practice was turning up for work every day, no matter what, as she's been doing for the last 20 years. She didn't even think during this time of COVID, oh, I can't come in today. She's just been there every single day for the last two years. That to me is bodhisattva practice. We can't all do that. Of course, we're not, we're not, we can't all be we can't alter that. But this is a person doing the best that she can in each moment. So beautiful. Mm. Shall I stop there? <clears throat> Shall I stop there? Yeah, all right. Uh, I don't have much more to say, actually. Um, just again, and I'm so incredibly grateful for the, the folks who've turned up here this evening. Uh, it's wonderful to see you. And. For those of you on Zoom, it's just incredible to see all your faces. Um, it's just amazing, so amazing. I'm so, I'm so thrilled to be this, a teacher in this center. Our, our teacher, Dorothy Diane, is on screen somewhere. I can't see without my glasses. She's there. Where is she? The top right. Top third right. Down. Wave, Diane. Oh, there you are. Uh, we have, we have actually spent some time together over the course of the summer, every week for a few weeks. Um, but for two years, it's been, you know, catch, catch as catch can. So uh, there you are, my darling. Blessings, <laughs> blessings to you. She's as technical, as tech savvy as I am. <laughs> we, we have, um, we have Dokusan, well, we actually speak to each other about two or three times a week. And between the two of us trying to get the, the thing right. Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty inept at that. But look at that face. So uh, thank you. I'm going to end there, actually. Um, okay. Thanks to all of you. So what we're going to do now is this is actually done in Zen and Buddhist 
in particular Zen places throughout the world. Actually, this morning I was listening to the bells in Japan being rung 108 times. It was actually at 9.45 this morning, because uh, there it was 11.45 PM. Um, so we're going to ring the large bell. And so what we'd ask you to do is during this, it's really a period of zazen and just listening to the 108 bells, which are the 108 delusions as well as the 108 dharma gates. So the delusion and the gate are the same. It depends on how you work with it. And so during that time, we ask that you reflect on your vow or your intention. What is the quality? What is a quality that you would like to develop and nurture this coming year? And so we're going to have time just to see how you can get clear about what that is. Capish? And to, when we to follow the Koshin's 108 bells, we'll then ask the community in the, sen, in the Zendo to strike the bell. And then we're going to, uh, at some point this evening, you'll also get an opportunity to set your vow to the sound of the bell. And Yoshim will explain that a little more later. I need the mama. I need the mama. I can't hear you. No, the... I need 